The Weekend Wager with Anita Marks starts now. With you for the next hour, we've got a lot coming your way, getting you ready for an exciting weekend across the board. How great is it? It's kind of, I don't know, and and Tom's producing the show, Joe's there as well. I don't know, guys. Like, to me, it's kind of like it's bittersweet. It's like, wow, we've got three games on Saturday. But when you realize that, you know that we're towards the tail end of the NFL season, right? Like, it's 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 a little bittersweet, is it not? Anita, I'm going to be completely honest here. I completely forgot that there were Saturday games this week. And I recorded, on, I, I recorded spots with Kiwi that said there are Saturday games. And Stop. oh my god, I'm I'm just so checked out. I think I'm ready for like Monday on the surface. You are rate. so checked out, like like like. I'm ready for Christmas. Push the reset button, dude. Push the reset button. <laughs> yes, we have three Saturday games tomorrow: the Colts in in Minnesota, the Ravens in Cleveland, and of course the Miami Dolphins uh, at Buffalo as well. So we've got three Saturday games. And then a slew of Sunday games. Obviously, the Monday night game is the Rams going up against the Green Bay Packers. Canned Baker Mayfield engineer another 98-yard drive to, um, to, <laughs> to, to win for the Rams. I highly doubt it at single-digit temperatures that is, is expected in Green Bay. But nonetheless... Um, it is an exciting NFL slate, that's for sure. And and of course, we're we're embarking on, uh, you know, all the bowl games that are going to take place. And oh, by the way, I forgot to mention we've got the World Cup Championship taking place uh, this Sunday, and uh, the quest for third or fourth place taking place on Saturday tomorrow as well. So. Um, I mean, really, there is a lot going on this weekend, so it's great that we're on air with you here on 98.7 ESPN Week in Wager, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Okay, so where do we begin? So, Tom, do we, do we want to begin with our own home teams in the news that Mike White is not starting for the Jets and it's going to be Zach Wilson? Or do we want to start with, of course, the uh, the Saturday slate of games? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it up to you, dude. You know what? Let's start local. Let's talk about the Jets. Why not? All right. All right. It. Let's let's start. And, and let me. By the way, let me quote a very famous Detroit rapper. Okay. Um. If uh, and 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 please let me know if you if you recall these these lyrics. Right. Okay. Um, palms are sweaty. It's Eminem. Knees weak. Arms are heavy. Vomit on my sweater. Vomit Mom's on the spaghetti. Vomit on the sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> the whole crowd's nervous. He sits there calm and waiting, and I could probably go on, but I'd forget the lyrics. So that's a there terrible idea. There you go. Idea. I mean, is does that not represent what you're expecting from Zach Wilson? I mean, let's be honest. Dude comes into Robert Sala's office. Sala tells him. We're we're gonna we're we're going in a different direction, dude. Um, we're gonna go with Mike White. Mike White comes out. Granted, and and listen, this is the NFL, I, so you don't want to you, you don't you don't want to take anything for granted. But yes, was it was it a very favorable matchup against the Bears? Absolutely. Was it a more probably the Bears a more favorable matchup? The Minnesota Vikings still a favorable matchup, nonetheless. And then he just gets absolutely pummeled last week to the point where, like, his ribs are where they're at, that the medical staff is not allowing him to start for the Jets. But 
like, just think about the pressure. You know, I, I just shared with you in regards to like Baker Mayfield and what he was able to do. And, and by the way, I was in, if you don't recall, I was in uh, Los Angeles. I was there. I was at SoFi Stadium. I was there at the game watching Baker Mayfield engineer this 98-yard comeback drive to beat the Raiders. It was insane, mind-boggling, um, considering it was Baker Mayfield. And, oh, by the way, he had like three days to learn the, the, the playbook for the Rams. I, I mean, it's like, it's just, that, that's, that's like a Disney movie, by the way. Um, but my, my point being is I just feel like there's so much pressure here for Zach Wilson. Like, it's kind of like I can see Sala, and, and tell me if you think I'm wrong. Tom, okay? Mm-hmm. I can see Sala bringing Zach Wilson into his office and saying, young man, this is an opportunity for you. Mike White has stepped up. He has produced. He's won some games for us. Obviously, he lost the last one. But nonetheless, this is an opportunity for you to regain your starting position as the head starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Could you imagine? I mean, like, let's let's be honest. Like, we're all human here, right? We all like. We, I mean, I don't mean to be as graphic, but we all like pull down our pants and like do what we need to do every day of the week. We're all human here, right? Like, like a, a lot of times we put these athletes on pedestals, but we're all human, and we can incorporate that human element each and every day to what these athletes are facing, and like the pressure. I think of what's in front of Zach Wilson in what I think he feels he needs to produce in order to win back over that team, that locker room, his teammates, and to regain his starting position, I think is astronomical. Do you agree or disagree? You know, I totally do agree here, Anita. And, you know, funny enough, I think you know what we should hear from the man himself, Zach Wilson, because I've got some quotes from Zach queued up and ready to go on what he feels about the situation. So before we start diving a little bit more into Zach, let's ask him, are you playing any looser now that you know what's going on? Yeah, I would say that's safe to say, you know, just finding the fun in football. You know, I've always really enjoyed playing this game. And for me, it's been a step back of just just having gratitude towards it and what it it brings me in my life. And so, so that's what the mindset has to be. You can't be worried about some of those other factors that you can't control. And speaking of other factors that you can't control, how do you avoid thinking about losing your job yet again should that happen? Well, I mean, the worst has already happened, right, you know, for me personally. And so I'm going to go out there and just have fun. I'm going to go out and whatever happens, happens. And I'm going to go out there and lay it out there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever is best for this team. And it's not my control if they want to make that change down the road or whatever. I'm going to go out there and play the best that I can and put this team in the position that I, I feel like is the best for the team. So two things. One, that was a lot of fun for me throwing to those quotes. Um, and-, <laughs> and you did and you did such a phenomenal job, Tom. Oh, I, like thank A you, plus, thank you. dude. A plus. Thank you. I'd give it a B minus, but moving you on. You have to- me captivated. <laughs> you have me captivated, dude. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say, listen, I think Wilson has started to humble up, and we've heard that from him in previous um quotes that he said once he kind of figured out that he was gonna be the bench guy. He's like, you know, I gotta take a step back and kind of realize the situation and let things play out. And honestly, if he humbles up, that's the way that he can win the locker room back. That's the way that he can win the fans back. Obviously, he's got to go out there and play extremely well, and that will definitely win the fans back. But, I mean, going back to your question about the pressure, Anita, of course he's got to feel it. But if you're an NFL quarterback, you have to be able 
to block out all of the noise, and you have to be able to fight through the pressure. I feel like that's something that teams do when you scout players for the first time, especially when you're going to draft them second overall. If you know this guy doesn't have that right mindset and doesn't have that dog mentality that we touted about Zach Wilson before the season, then what's the point of having him on your roster? I think he can handle the pressure. It's just really, is he going to be able to perform under the pressure? I think mentally he'll be there. We're going to have to see what he can do physically, though. Exactly. He's 4-11 as a starter. His completion percentage is 55.6%, which is 34th in the NFL. By Mind the way, uh, it, there are 32 teams in the NFL, and his completion percentage is at 34, which means he's two less than backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and keep in mind, since week seven, the Lions... Uh, they are top six offensively. They are 13th best, best defensively. And their rush defense since week six uh, has only allowed 3.7 yards per carry. So uh, so Knight is going to have a difficult time, I would I would assume, based on the statistics, uh, against this, uh, this Lions defense. So, you know, words are one thing, Tom. Like, like actions are another I need to see it right I need to see it I I, I need to see it and listen I'm pulling for the guy I'm pulling for the guy and I'm pulling for the Jets because they gave up in my opinion in drafting him where they did they gave up the world to bring him in if you draft a dude at two overall like like that's such a huge investment with your organization he has to perform so and, and I want to see it work out. I, I, I just don't, I don't have a lot of faith, but I want to see it work out. And I just think, I think there's just so much pressure here. I'm really intrigued with this matchup. I think, I think this Jets Detroit Lions matchup might be one of the best games on the slate this week. Besides Cincinnati and Tampa Bay, obviously the Giants going up against Washington. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, in 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 the next segment, uh, because that's pretty much a playoff game. Uh, whoever wins that matchup on Sunday night more than likely is going to make it to the playoffs. Whoever loses that matchup on Sunday night more than likely is not going to make it to the playoffs. So you want to call that a playoff game in Week 15? I would. So still, that is coming your way. Uh, we'll, we'll have a preview for both ESPN beat reporters who's going to uh, give us a, a deep dive into what's going on with both those organizations. A lot more coming your way. Nita Marks with you. This is Week in Wager here on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Enough talk. Believe in your game. Believe in your bet. BetMGM Sports right here on 98.7 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Before we dive into the Giants and of course commanders picks and plays for you let's listen in earlier this week uh, we've got John Kime as well as uh, Jordan Renan who joined me on our on my digital show bet which airs uh, Monday Thursday and Sundays on ESPN plus to do a little I like to call it a peek behind the curtain uh, previewing this Giants and commanders matchup let's listen in my first question of course to Jordan was Saquon Barkley Obviously, as we know, this offense for the Giants begins and ends with Saquon. He is the straw that stirs the drink. What can we expect from him this week? Yeah, when I spoke to Saquon today and I asked him how he felt, he started with way better. And you know how you know he's doing way better? He's a full participant in practice this week so far. He's not even on the injury report. So I don't think there's any questions about Saquon Barkley really physically coming into this week. I asked Coach Brian Dable about that workload. If he goes back to the full workload, he said no restrictions. So you think about Saquon, you're talking about a guy who played 83% of the Giants offensive snaps this season. That's a gigantic number, Anita. 83%, way more than any running back in the NFL. This is their biggest game of the year. I think you're going to see him back into that kind of workload. Because the Giants, they won't win if they don't have a healthy Saquon Barkley. 70 yards or more this year, they're 7-1. and one. Look at their record otherwise. So every time he went under 70 yards, it hasn't gone well. And last week, I thought that number was actually low. The Giants, I thought was surprised. They were only 7-point underdogs to the Eagles. And then without Saquon, that number should have been easily in the double digits if you knew that Saquon wasn't 100%. But that 20 snaps you mentioned in part was because they were getting blown out. So middle of the third quarter, they just shut him down. So this week, I wouldn't expect that. I expect full Saquon. So Jordan, last time you were on bet was Thanksgiving week, and I posed the question. I said, by chance, could the Giants not win another game all season? And sure enough, they have lost two straight. We know how important this game is against Washington where their playoff hopes. What's the mindset? What's going on? What's going on inside that locker room knowing that this team knows that this is a must win this week? I know, Nita, you've been all over this. They're not, they're, they might not win again this year. How did I know there was going to be a tie, though, Anita? A tie. Come on. I can't predict a tie. You, when you talk about Brian Dable, I've been actually very intrigued by what, the, the approach that he's taken this week. Because what he's tried to do is sort of minimize the game. He's really said that it's not a playoff game, right? That this is just another game. And in a way, I kind of understand it. Because think about it. Seattle, which is an underdog today, let's say they lose to San Francisco, right? Washington Giants loser, still in the playoff spot in the NFC, whichever one of them loses. 
So I kind of understand it. And you talk to players and they say, you know, Brian Dable, his his approach the whole season, it's been take it one day at a time, work on the details, focus on the details, make sure you're taking care of the little things. That's how we're winning the games. We're doing all the right things during the week. We're concentrating on the task at hand. Cliche for sure, you know, blah, 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 you know, filling it up, Bill Belichick style, you know, win the day kind of thing. Worried about onto Cincinnati, same thing. He is a Brian, he, Brian Dable is a Bill Belichick guy. So it, it worked for them in New England. Brian Dable's trying that same thing in New York. I think he's trying to ease the pressure off these Giants players because most of them, really almost all of them, have not been in this kind of spot before, Anita. It's going to be really a good game to watch. Jordan, thank you so much. Enjoy the game. We take you from New York to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. John Kime joins us. He covers the Commanders. John, so very interesting, right? Like, Washington actually has bode well here. And the fact that two weeks ago they faced the Giants, it was a tie, and then they got a bye week, and then now they get to host the Giants. This schedule suits them extremely well. What has this team had to say about how the schedule has played out and how they're preparing for this, this huge matchup? Anita, a couple weeks ago, before that first game, what the players and coaches would say is that playing the same team over a three-week span was a big benefit because the team they're playing, the Giants, of course, had to play someone else in between. This week, they're kind of singing a different tune. Keep in mind, these teams play twice a year, so as defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio said, there are no secrets here. And I was talking to one of the offensive players earlier this week about things they could do different this game, different routes they could run, different offensive concepts they could use, things that they feel could be successful. However, the player was kind of getting excited about them, and then he stopped and said, but this game is fresh in their minds too, so they know what Washington is going to try and adapt to after the first game. But perhaps the biggest benefit here, as Coach Ron Rivera said, is they had the bye week to get healthy. There are probably four or five starters who are going to be able to play Sunday that probably wouldn't have played had they had a game last week. So this gives them a chance to be rested, healthy, for a critical stretch run. So this Commander's team, they've won four of their last six. What has been the secret sauce? What has turned it around for them? Well, listen. You can start with quarterback Taylor Heineke. He's brought some energy, some swag to the field. Players will talk about Coach Ron Rivera's even keel demeanor. When they were one and four, he was the same as when they are seven, five, and one. But I really think a lot of it starts with the commitment to the run game, and that's rookie Brian Robinson, who continues to ascend. Ron Rivera said he's been running more decisively with more power and more pop to the outside over the last two games. More than 205 yards rushing, over 5.1 yards per carry. In turn, that's allowed Washington to control the ball. They are the NFL's best team at controlling time of possession. Then that helps the defense, which now is top three in yards and points allowed. And I asked cornerback Kendall Fuller about Brian Robinson's power runs and if it gets them excited on the sidelines. He said, yes, it does. But more than anything, it keeps them fresh. Again, um, uh, you know, John Kime as, as well as uh, Jordan Renan breaking down that game for us. I'll tell you how I'm playing this. I like the Giants at plus four and a half. Listen, uh, it's high in week 13. The Giants really feel that they gave that game away. The locker room can't wait for this rematch. 
and they know the importance of this win. Whoever wins this game has an 80% chance, PFI, of making it to the postseason. Whoever loses has a 40% chance. You've got Leo Williams back, Lawrence as well. In Washington, their interior offensive line is where their weakness is to get to Heineke. On top of that, um, they're going to be without their starting center, Larson. He is out. Meanwhile, Barkley, I'm hearing, has had really one of the best weeks of practices that he's had in quite a while. And what, what he likes to do, what, what his wheelhouse is, is to run off the edge. And that's where Washington's weakness is in regard to their defensive scheme. Last time they played each other, uh, Saquon had 70 rushing yards. Why? Well, because he's able to rush around the outside. Daniel Jones, 15-5 and five against the spread, is a road dog, and that's exactly what the Giants are right now at plus four and a half. Uh, and you've got Slayton going up against Washington, who, by the way, is allowing 10 yards per target. So I think this is going to be a close game. I think whoever does win, I'm not sitting here telling you that the Giants are absolutely going to win. What I am telling you is that I do believe that this game is going to come down to a field goal. I think it's going to be close. I think whoever does win is going to win by three. So give me the Giants plus four and a half. And also, I think the Giants are in a really great situation if you want to use them as a two-team six-point teaser and you could tease them up to plus ten and a half. Because I think this game is going to be closer than what most people think. Uh, again, you're listening to Weekend Wager here, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Get the best in BetMGM app today. Now you're winning with the King of Sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. Quick break. We come back. Craig Burley is going to join us, give us a preview of what's going on with the World Cup. Also, we got Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joining us on Weekend Wager as well. So still a lot more coming your way. Stay tuned right here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Let's take a deep dive into what's going on with the World Cup. Craig 
Burley joins us. He's part of our ESPN soccer analyst, one of the best in the business. I love hearing him talk because I love his accent. Um, let's start with game the game on Saturday. That's for third and fourth place. I don't like how does how does Croatia and Morocco even get up for this game? I I would I want to believe that both these teams feel that they're deserving of one and two. So, you know, where do they find the motivation to play on Saturday for three and four? Well, the answer is, Anita, they probably don't. But uh, they'll have to muster up something. I remember covering the third, fourth place game in South Africa 12 years ago. And and it, and it can be difficult. Uh, I think it was actually uh, Uruguay, uh, Germany at that, at that point. Uh you know, from the Moroccan point of view, it's been such a great story that, you know, to finish third place, uh, if that's what they were to achieve, would be, well, way far and beyond anything they've ever done. As you know, they've never been to a semi-final. So, so that's something. I suppose from Croatia's point of view, they've been uh, to a World Cup final four years ago. And, and you know, I just feel with their experience, uh, it's going to be more difficult for them to get up for this game. So personally, myself, I, I I really don't see the point in playing for third or fourth place. I, I, I really don't, but FIFA want to do it. And it must be so deflating for these players. I, I would imagine so. And, and both of them, as you said, Morocco, right, uh, advancing uh, further than they ever have before and just playing such phenomenal defense. And Croatia uh, as well, right? Like, uh, you know, and, and going into, of course, their matches uh, with Argentina and France, uh, there were many analysts out there that were giving them an opportunity to pull off the upset, and unfortunately, here they are now. With that being said, how do you see this match playing out? Well, I suppose it depends on team selection. There's the analysts get out straight away. Uh, you know, certainly from a Moroccan point of view, they had a lot of injuries. Uh, we saw that during the game. They had to make a change uh, just prior to kickoff. They had to make a change with their captain not long into the game. So it's kind of a walking wounded with them. Uh, but I, ju- I just feel that their story has been so great uh, and that I-, I think their quest for that third place, in my opinion, maybe the Croatians will disagree, that I think it's probably going to mean a little bit more to them. And so I, I could see Morocco continuing the great story and, and you know, pipping that third place and, and taking that away with them, they might never get to that stage again. So I'm going to go for a Morocco win in regulation time. In regulation. And, and again, that's at plus 210. Okay, uh, so again, Craig, on to, of course, um, the final on Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern time. This is going to be terrific. Yeah. And, and, and I, I truly believe, you know, I had Spain coming in. Obviously, Brazil was the team to beat. But I feel like the World Cup got it right. I mean, these two teams were and have been so, so great and arguably two of the best players uh, in this tournament in in Messi and uh, Mbappe. So Argentina to win in regulation, plus 180. France, plus 180. So uh, you know, the odds makers are looking at this as, as, as just as a draw, pretty much, right? Like evenly skilled uh, teams. A draw is plus 210. Um, how, how do you see this match playing out? Yeah, you're right. I mean, I suppose after match day one, the World Cup hadn't got it right when it looked like Messi might have been going home early after losing to Saudi Arabia. But mm-hmm. but they managed to regroup 
Uh, I'm surprised those odds are 180 plus 180 for each team in, in, in regulation time. I thought France would be a little bit ahead with their experience and being the 2018 champions, the World Cup holders. I suppose Lionel Messi sort of tips a lot of the balance in that respect because certainly the rest of the Argentinian squad is not as strong as the French. Uh, but yeah, I could see this game going to extra time potentially. But I am leaning towards France. I, I think the Anita, the, the sort of fairy tale for the soccer fan out there is, is Messi finishing his career, certainly on an international level, and, and winning the World Cup. Now, if you're a Cristiano Ronaldo fan out there and you've got nothing better to do with your life, and I know you don't want this to happen, but I think a lot of neutrals appreciate what this guy's done. And so there's a lot of people pulling for Argentina. Argentina will have the bulk of the supporters. But I just feel my final initially was France-Brazil. Now, Brazil have been replaced by another South American team from Commonwealth and Argentina. But I just feel this is France's to lose. Uh, and I think the fairy tale ending for uh, Mr. Messi might not be the one that he's sort of hoping for. Um, that would be interesting. Now, both these teams um, have scored at least two goals in all their matches. The over-under at two-and-a-half goals um, is, uh, so the under is minus 180. The over is two-and-a-half. Uh, do, you, do you see a lot of scoring here in, in regulation, Craig? Yeah, let's go over because I, 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 people keep telling me, we were talking about this in the ESPN FC show yesterday about how bo- finals are always boring. And I remember uh, I was commentating on the 2010 World Cup final in South Africa. It was Spain and Holland. And it was a terrible game. However, I I just don't see this. This World Cup has been, from a soccer perspective, very exciting. And there's been lots of goals, been lots of drama. And even though this is a final and it'll be tense, I I don't see that changing. Anita, there's, there's just too much talent on the field. Both sides have had some poor defensive displays. So I, I, I do see in regulation quite a few goals in this. I mean, how do you stop Mbappe creating and scoring? How do you stop Messi creating and, and scoring? I, I really think and I hope that this is going to be a, a high-scoring final. And so I would take the over for sure. I, I really don't see this being a, a drab, sort of 0-0, very tight game. And I, and I hope... I hope uh, that I'm not wrong and we see a super exciting final. Yeah, you and me both. Again, I, I'm, I am leaning towards the over at two and a half. And again, that's at plus money. That's at plus 145. Um, let's talk about the golden boot, right? Mbappe, five goals. Granted, um, he's been shut down the last two matches. But you know what? It, it opens up other opportunities, obviously, for his teammates. Uh, Messi has five goals as well. Do you feel the golden boot goes to the player who wins tomorrow? I know it doesn't always happen that way, but because you're talking about two of the two two players who who heading into the final match are the most favored to win it, do you feel it goes to the player whose team wins? Well, potentially. I mean, let's not forget Olivier Giroud, the big French striker, has broke the all-time French scoring record, and when you look at some of the players that have played historically for France, you've got to sort of tip your cap because that's an, an incredible record. So, you know, in terms of the Golden Boot, the highest scorer, he's going to throw his hat in the ring, I would imagine. 
but yeah, potentially one of those two. Um, maybe, as I say, Olivier Giroud as well. Uh, so put it one way, whoever scores the most goals in this game and, and gets the golden boot is probably going to lead the team to winning a World Cup. And, you know, for Messi, you know, it's so important for this Argentinian side, so much pressure and Argentina, so many comparisons to the great Maradona and how Maradona was able to deliver the World Cup for Argentina and Messi's never been able to do it for all that good that that man has done in the soccer field. It's the one thing that keeps been thrown in his face and who knows, Sunday might be that day, but, but yeah, you know, it'd be hard to argue against any of those guys picking up uh, not only a World Cup, but, but the uh, golden boot as well. Craig Burley joining us here on, on ESPN. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Brazil, as well as Germany, have derailed that quest for, for Messi. We'll see if it does happen on Sunday. Uh, Craig, before we let you go, I know it's a while from now. It's four years from now. Uh, but the United States, Canada, Mexico, uh, they will next uh, be uh, the continent uh, that will be hosting uh, the, the World Cup. Based on what you saw from, uh, from the USA team, uh, this World Cup and, and, and kind of obviously you having your finger on the pulse of the landscape, how, how much better do you think this United States team will be able to, to get in the next four years to, to potentially not just win and, and, and advance uh, out of their group, but, but be a contender um, moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it's always hard to tell, Anita, because there are so many youngsters, uh, obviously, in the United States squad. And I, from my own experience, I know how things can change quickly when you're playing at your club level, be it injury or being transferred to a different club or out of favour in a sense, like Christian Pulisic says at Chelsea, where he doesn't always play. So there is, there is so much to change, but there is certainly potential there. I don't think we'll be looking at the US winning it, but hopefully from their perspective, they'll be even more competitive than they were uh, at this World Cup in Qatar, where I thought they did okay. The only problem is, for a lot of the sort of casual U.S. fans, uh, quite a lot of my uh, U.S. compatriots that do the same job as me, uh, trying to blow their chances uh, out of the air in terms of what they can achieve, and I think it leads to a lot of sort of false dawns. And I think we have to, uh, you know, get some realisation into it. You know, there's only, I think, certain amount of countries that have managed to win a World Cup and when you look at the populations of some of these countries, it's not just about that. Croatia, with a population of under 4 million, have almost pulled it off, while the US, uh, China and quite a few other ones with huge populations have struggled. So it is very, very difficult to be able to do it, but you keep you keep pushing, you keep trying to bring these youngsters through, you keep pushing the sport in this country. And you see what happens, but I tell you what, you know, this country here in the States and it is well set up for this competition with the stadiums, with the interest and with the, uh, the all the structure around it. And, and I certainly hope, even though it's going to be a 48-team World Cup and I'm not in agreement with that, I certainly hope it's going to be exciting. And let's hope the U.S. can produce something a little bit magical, but it, I'll, I don't know what the over and under is in them winning the World Cup, uh, but I'm taking whatever it is it says the U.S. don't win it. That's where my money's going. 
Again, uh, Craig Burley joining us here on Weekend Wager. Uh, my bet for Sunday is that both teams score, and you can get that on, of course, at, at even money. And so uh, I, I know the, the French team is dealing with a virus right now. That doesn't bode well. But I, I do still do believe that both teams are going to score. You can get that at even money, and that would be my play heading into Sunday's final match quick break we come back fat jack fat jack professional handicapper is going to join us next right here on weekend wager 98.7 espn now let's talk about the play of the week the pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play and boom Añejo tequila came in with a smooth assist to hypnotic's tropical fruit finish shaken strained Poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to Weekend Wager here at 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joins us here. FatJackSports.com, that's where you can find him. Let's dive into the Chargers at home, going up against the Tennessee Titans. Chargers favored by three. How are you playing this, Fat Jack? Yeah, you you know, we've had a good week so far other than, than Thursday night doesn't look great. But I will tell you that the other days have been really good building up profit. And it's been in spots kind of like this where we've had exactly what you said, teams that are going to be able to execute based on the weaknesses of their opponent. And you, you are getting that on both sides of the ball here. Tennessee has been – you always get a little value with Tennessee because nothing's sexy about betting on them, right? They're 5-1 against the spread, their last six on the road. 8-3 and three against the spread, their last 11 games. And nobody would tell you that they're really good at anything. But they seem to outperform the market on a consistent basis. Combine that with the fact that recency bias that we just saw the Chargers do with Miami, I think that you're going to get a little bit of that public play play in the Chargers. I like Tennessee. I'm with you. I like the over. The total is higher than it would have been had either, if either of these teams could stop the other opponent's strength. But you are getting a 44-45 up to 47-48-49 in that range. I still fire over that, and I like Tennessee plus the points here to do basically what they do every week, which is go in, look disinterested, not do anything special, and you look up and they at the very minimum cover the number. I like it. Yeah, we're both on the same page there. Uh, Monday Night Football, the Rams and the Green Bay Packers. Hey, now, can Baker Mayfield engin- engineer not just one, but several 98-yard drives? I don't know. Which, by the way, I was at the game. I was in L.A. last week, so I was at the game, had a lot of fun. It was, I was sitting there. It was really unbelievable. The enti- First of all, first things first, SoFi Stadium is ridiculous, okay? I, I mean, I, yeah. I've, like, I'm here in New York. You've got two of the wealthiest men in the world 
Um, well, actually, three, because keep in mind, there's two owners for the Giants in Steve Tisch and John Mara, along with, uh, you know, um, uh, Woody, uh, who owns the, the Eagles. I, I mean, the, the Jets. What am I talking about? The, the Jet, Woody Johnson, who owns the Jets. And those three men combined could not put together a stadium that even can hold a candle to SoFi. So, like, que pena, how embarrassing for, for those in New York. But nonetheless, A, stadium was amazing. But it was a Raiders home game. The entire stadium was filled with black Raider jerseys. And so, you know, when Baker Mayfield engineered that, you know, last, what, three-minute, 98-yard drive, the entire stadium was dead silent. It was, it was, it was wild. It was absolutely wild. Um, do I expect him to have that yeah. same performance this week against Green Bay uh, in, in sub-30 degree temperatures? Absolutely not. Uh, the Green Bay Packers are at home, favored by seven. The over-under is 39.5. Do you have a play here? Yeah, it's like comparing, really the stage is like comparing a, one of the brand-new Teslas to like a, you know, one of the original electric cars. I mean, because you just you have such a different – they do so many new things here. The stadium in Las Vegas is very similar. SoFi is next level, so they're going to have to start over there at that new at, at Meadowlands if they want something close to that. And, but as far as the game goes, I mean, this is what – I'm good for Baker Mayfield. I mean, literally, I was funny. I was looking on Yahoo. The picture was from a Carolina game when they were when they put up the stats from the game. He literally just got off the bus. He's probably staying at the Motel 6 or whatever, and he goes out and fires out and leaves him to a win. <laughs> Don't, I'm not expecting a ton of that on a consistent basis going forward. I like Baker Mayfield, but this Rams team has some bigger problems than just the play at quarterback. So uh, the good news is they're playing a Green Bay team that also has some problems. The Rams 5 of the last six games on the road have gone under. They have not traveled well with their offense and actually have gone under 10 of their last 15 games. Not a lot of points. Green Bay 5-0 and against the spread their last five in the series, and you get them at home, that's going to limit this Rams offense. I go under the total here. Green Bay and certainly Aaron Rodgers have not been what we thought they were going to be this year. Their defense has been weak, but there's a few of these games this, this week where you've got teams that could take advantage of some bad defenses, but they're playing offenses that I'm not sure are going to be able to do that. And you're kind of getting that here. So under by, by far the best play, a slight lean toward the Rams and some of that Mayfield magic might travel a little bit. In a lower scoring game, you're getting almost a touchdown. That's a backdoor situation uh, if there ever was one. The other one's kind of like that, that Atlanta-New Orleans game. Atlanta plays bad defense, but New Orleans, I'm not sure, has the offense to take advantage of that. So a few of those games where you might have some teams that could take advantage of it, I'm not sure they're equipped to do so. So under the total and then uh, Rams plus the points. Um, again, Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, joining us here on ESPN. You've got Jets and Giants. They are in control of their own destiny pertaining to the postseason. And uh, yet again, they have some really important games. The Detroit Lions, arguably top five offense in the NFL as of late, heading to New York to take on a Jets team, top five defense in the NFL. What side of the coin wins? The Jets are at home, favored by one and a half. The over-unders at 44 and a half. What's your play here? Yeah, you know, last week I, I released and played Detroit. That was a pros versus Joe situation if there ever was one against Minnesota. They were indoors, climate control over wearing short sleeves. Not going to be the case out in the Meadowlands here on Sunday. You've got the Jets. The total is 44 and a half. The Jets bring an absolutely formidable defense. 
Uh, Wilson, I guess, could be the backup quarterback for the Jets as well. So they do. I think they're kind of getting it together a little bit on both sides of the ball. And their team, to your point, nobody wants to play this time of year, including Detroit. You're right. Incredible offense at this point. But they're going to have to execute in an entirely different environment from what they were in last week. I think this game absolutely goes under the total as well. Look for a slugfest last team, 17 to 19 type game uh, in a team that you're probably going to have to earn no matter which side you go with. Just a slight lean toward the Jets because I do think Detroit will struggle a little bit outdoors uh, trying to get their offense going. And their defense is still one of the bottom of the league. Defense typically beats offense. Uh, Give me under the total and I'll take Jets uh, plus the point or so. The Giants uh, playing on uh, on Sunday night, going up against Washington, the Commanders, uh, both these teams. So this this is this is a playoff game, okay? Um, whoever wins this, more than likely, is going to go to the go, go to the uh, playoffs as a wild card. Whoever loses this, more than likely, their season is over. And I'm sure both these teams understand that. Uh, the Washington Commanders at home, favored by four and a half. The over under is at forty and a half. What's your play? Yeah, I don't like walking up and betting what I think the the suckers will play, but I think there's a lot of reasons to like the Giants here. I mean, you're getting over the key number of three, over the key number of four. Nine of the last 11 Washington games at home have gone under. They're not scoring a bunch of points. Also outdoors in the Northeast, but two offenses that are playing close to the best, tighter win time of possession. It just seems like a, a big gap to be able for the Giants to, even if they don't win, to cover the number. They're also 5-1 against the spread their last six in the series when they go to Washington. So no matter how their season is typically going, they get it done or at the very minimum outperform the market when they go to play Washington. So uh, nine of the last 11 Washington games at home have gone under, as I said. I think this thing absolutely stays under as well. And there's too many points there for me to play Washington. I'm not quite buying into what Heineke company are right now. Give me the Giants plus the points and another close one. One of my favorite plays this week is Cincinnati going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Cincinnati on the road in Tampa, favored by three and a half. The over-under is at 44 and a half. I'm going to buy the hook down. I like Cincinnati minus three, and you could get that at minus 132, minus 136 in some places. Obviously, you want the minus 132. I just love Cincinnati here. I just I don't like I don't like hooks. I, I don't mind buying them down. I can't stand the the, the point five. Um, but I, I just Cincinnati's offense has just been so uh, prolific, and Tampa Bay not only offensively but defensively. I mean, Mister Irrelevant put up thirty-five points against them last week. Jack, I mean, what the? Yeah. So I, I just love yeah, this. Might yeah, be my favorite play this week. What's what say you? The, the problem becomes. I mean, there are a lot of people buying into what Cincinnati's doing and comparing it to last year. I mean, this team looks very similar to that, right? Team that started out kind of slow. Got hot all of a sudden. They're 5-0 against the spread. Their last five games are outperforming the market. Tampa looks lost on offense, at least. The only hesitation I would have, Cincinnati has turned into a team that really plays well against some teams, both straight up and against the spread, i.e. Kansas City. And then they, there are teams that they don't typically play well against. Uh, for those exact reasons consistently. And Tampa happens to be one of those. Tampa 5-0 and against the spread their last five. And four of the last five Tampa games have gone under at home. I, I, I see the recency bias of what you're talking about, their defense, but their defense has been why they've been in a ton of games this year. This defense has really ro- risen up. I don't think there's a lot of points here, and I do worry if Cincinnati gets in the close when you're always trying to fade Tom Brady at the end. I would lean toward Tampa here plus the point. Uh, the points at home, but it's again the problem with betting that game. Anita, if you bet it, you got to watch it. 
And I don't know that I want to bet on Tom Brady in that ridiculously bad offense and hope that the defense, which is like his opposite day going on in South Florida right now with what should be happening versus what is happening, but just a lean toward Tampa and another one I like the under. Before we let you go, let's take a look at some of the home dogs out there. One that I like is the Jacksonville Jaguars getting four um, against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I, I know they put a licking on, on Tennessee. Tennessee's defense is, is all injury, injury riddled, and, and that was a big reason why. But Dallas looked god-awful against the Houston Texans. I like the Jags at home getting the four. What say you? Yeah, you know, sharp players around the country have loved the Jaguars for about three years, and they promptly just beat them to death. I mean, they the Jacksonville's underperformed. The Sharps have been on them for, for months and months and months. But I will tell you, they paid again last week. This Jacksonville team certainly getting better, doing things the right way. And the problem with the, the recency bias with Dallas is, yeah, how do you watch what happened against uh, Houston and say that you know you're going to get good play? Prescott has been turning the ball over at a record pace this year. He's averaging over an interception per game. You can't go on the road and do that in the NFL. And so I, I'm with you. You make me play the game. I play Jacksonville. You're going to be lining up with Sharps. There will be a lot of general public that will think last week's an aberration against uh, Houston, and that, that Prescott and company has still got a one-way ticket to very deep into the playoffs. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I'd play Jacksonville in that one for sure. Uh, there are There's a couple other dogs at home also that, that I think have a shot. You know, underdogs have done really well in the NFL this year. They always do. And the deeper we go, the more new gamblers we get betting on these games, the more valuable underdogs will, will become because new players don't know how to how to bank a line into what they're coming up with. They just watch what they know on TV. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Home dogs are probably not a bad spot to play in that one. Before we let you go, what's your favorite play of, of the week? What's your play, favorite play on the slate? Yeah, I, I actually really like the total under in the Atlanta-New Orleans game. The big problem is, is you do have to watch it if you bet it, and it's not one anybody's going to want to watch. But Atlanta has a really bad offense, but New Orleans is not the type of team that can take advantage of that. Atlanta's starting backup quarterback. I didn't think either of these teams are going to score. Four of the last five Atlanta games have gone under. Five of the last six New Orleans games have gone under. And so, unfortunately, I'm going to lock myself in with my best play on a game that nobody's going to watch unless you got kids playing on Atlanta and New Orleans team. Uh, the, other, the other game I do think – New Orleans should not be favored by more than a field goal against anybody. I think there's some value in Atlanta there in another low-scoring game where I'm getting points. Again, I want to thank Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com. That's where you can find him. Joining us here on 90.7 ESPN is Week in Wager. Guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm back with you tomorrow afternoon, high noon, right here on 90.7 ESPN. This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.